Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Let's take some calls for you. Thomas in La Jolla, California. You're on with Nick Baggage, Tom. Hi, George. Thank you for accepting my call. Nick, it's always, always such a pleasure to hear your interviews on Coast. Um, comment and then a question. In my opinion, uh, it seems that we are preparing for a Arctic Circle Cold War. And uh, it seems like if you look at a globe and you look down upon the North Pole, you'll see northern Canada, Alaska, Siberia, Scandinavia, Iceland, Greenland, etc. And uh, it seems like there's this, I call it, an Arctic Circle Cold War that is under the radar. That yeah, is yeah you're right. It's, uh, but it's not under the radar. It's under what used to be the dew line, which was the radar. Uh, we've been in that Cold War uh, since the end of World War II here. We've had jets coming into our airspace for this whole time. I, I grew up next to Elmendorf. These scramble the jets all the time. We had a Nike missile site, all this underground stuff right outside Anchorage here. Still there. Uh, you know, all this is because this is strategic, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, – and when you look at the Arctic, uh, Arctic is 25% of undiscovered hydrocarbons. Look at what's all, everything north of the Brooks Range in Alaska is an oil basin, an oil basin, ladies and gentlemen. And, mm-hmm. the, and the Northwest Passage is opening up, and they're moving freight through that because it's, it's easier and it's faster and it's cheaper than the Panama Canal. Uh, and that's what they're doing as, as Arctic ice moves out, and it is, uh, and it's diminishing every year, and it is. And it has been actually for 12,000 years because where I'm standing right now, only 4,000 years ago, there were 6,000 feet of ice. That's not very long ago. So, you know, global warming's been happening. Uh, the Arctic is uh, definitely the Chinese have made their presence known. Finally, they're building some icebreakers, but I'll let you know something about that. Because of the Jones Act and because of the maritime uh, and industry and the uh, shipbuilders, uh, what we have is a situation where China can build icebreakers for about 15, 20 cents. Now, not even that, probably a dime on the dollar or less. And so what we're competing with is, you know, people say, well, they're only spending, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, 60, 80, 100 billion maybe on military, and we kind of laugh and snicker. Well, when you get 10 to 15 times more, it matters, you know. And, and yeah, they're moving in the Arctic, and they have a deal with, Russia, because Russia's got a declining population, and, and Russia's not our enemy. I would, I would say that real loud. The, the people to watch is China, because ph- philosophically where they're at is way different. And I spend a lot of time in, in uh, different parts of, of Russia and the old republics, and it's not so uh, well-reported or actually reported on. And he, uh, Tom had a question for you, too, Dick. Go ahead, Tom. Yes. Um, wow, you've really answered that very well. Do you see in the next 20 years that uh, things will be heating up between China, Russian Federation, the United States, Canada, European Union? And it seems, I'll give you an example, Nick. You know, we think of HARP as aimed to the southern, to the south, but I've often felt like maybe HARP was aimed to the North Pole and to that Arctic Circle region. And anyway, if... Right. No, that's all right. Yeah, exactly right. Because 
you want to intersect the uh, magnetic lines for certain applications in the north because then you use them as waveguides, and the energy is um, uh, cyclotron uh, resonance is created, so it kind of creates a, a corkscrewing effect. It flows from north to south and creates a shield for intercontinental ballistic missiles, or maybe UFOs, or maybe something else. You know, and, and China built built some, and Russia has what? Yet Russia pioneered these, or the old Soviet Union. And, and everyone has developed some aspect of this technology. Now, the thing about it is there's a lot of ways to get there. It's not just with these facilities. And the, and the thing about um, HARP as a technology is it was like, for me, kind of the, the gateway one that I looked at. And then from there, you kind of unknot this sweater of technology. And you realize that it was, a, again, a grain of sand on the beach of bad news in certain respects. And in another is interesting science. And... Um, ben Eastland, the inventor, you know, he saw it as a two-edged situation, and he, and he was right. And I knew Ben. He was a good guy. Uh, but, you know, military doesn't always do what you think they're going to do with what you invent. And that's been sort of the way it goes. Uh, I'm sure the Wright brothers were figuring on dropping uh, bombs out of their planes initially. But, you know, things happen. And, and with all technologies, they're two-edged. You know, they can make us a better world, or they're used for other purposes. And this is what the problem has become when you start to look at what makes countries powerful today. It's their technology, ultimately. And so governance that means you, you better know something, and you better have it widely reported accurately, and it's not being reported. The things that are the most important for the 21st century, our Congress doesn't understand, and most of the public doesn't either. And how these things connect together, we don't understand well either because we compartmentalize everything. And the, the, the way the USSR kept up was the first paper ever did in science. I was 19 years old, and it was on the contrast of Russian versus uh, uh, Western, predominantly American compartmentalization versus Russian or USSR at that time uh, generalization. They put everyone together in the sciences and, and other areas to cross-fertilize and come up with creative ideas. That's how they kept up with us. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.